The most unique first round ever of the NFL draft just concluded, and we got our quick dives into all of the picks, including our best and worst value selections. We also analyze a controversial trade-up for a quarterback, share our favorite offense and defensive picks, and even talk about a few surprise players that were not selected. All right here on the next episode of Poolside. Poolside Genius, where we always make a splash. And here we are. Hey, Code. Good to be back with you at Poolside. Well, not exactly Poolside. Uh, we don't want to give anybody the wrong impression as we are, uh, you know, socially distancing ourselves. But uh, first round is just uh, concluded of the NFL draft here. And uh, I was thinking, you know, how do you think everything shook out when speaking of social distancing? How, how do you think everybody did? on the, you know, on the telecast or how they dealt, how the GMs dealt with it? No, I mean, I, I think it's not really that big a deal. I think that, you know, we enjoy watching uh, people in their natural element. I think it was neat to, you know, see the kids and, you know, their families being involved. So I think it was, a, you know, a good process. I think some of these guys kind of loosened up, you know, had a little bit of fun and, you know, made it a little bit more uh, like a like a family show. I mean, it was good. It, it was certainly good. There was no hiccups with ESPN, you know, no problems technology wise, you know, except looking at uh, Cliff Kingsbury's uh, home. It's really like he was at, uh, on Scar- the movie Scarface there, his, his little bachelor pad. I thought that was kind of incredible. He's just in the dream. Yeah, <laughs> certainly was. So, uh, you know, in terms of that, the whole draft kind of got off to a slow start, you know, not only the actual draft itself, but there was really the first seven picks pretty much all went by the book. There was no trades for pretty much the first quarter of the draft, which was kind of surprising. What'd you think of that? Well, I I don't know that you necessarily needed trade to make it interesting i think that we saw some interesting fits i mean people wanted to see what happened with tua he went to the dolphins um you know people got what they wanted i mean there was a lot of ridicule towards uh gettleman even though he was protecting his safety uh by wearing the mask and it, because again it looks like he's all by himself there he puts a mask on and people are ridiculing him the guys coming back from uh cancer so you know obviously that was a little bit harsh in the social media realm but there's there you know, an IQ guy there though that's, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, pe- you know, we as viewers didn't see that, and you know, people took the social media to kind of blast him. Uh, but you know, that was you know in poor, poor form and poor taste. But no, I, I think it was kind of it was exciting. I think we saw some interesting picks. A lot of them had been telegraphed ahead of time, so you know, we didn't necessarily, uh, you know, get those shocking trades or anything like that. But I think it was a nice draft. I think you know, it had a little bit of every something for everybody. Uh, you know, to me, I, I thought the draft didn't start until pick three, you know, when the Lions were on the clock. And you, you, you always thought, you know, would it be Jeff Akuda or would they be looking at Derek Brown? And, and if they were going to go Akuda, which they did, taking them at pick three, could they trade down? You know, it, leading up to the draft, you, you heard the Lions and the Giants were possibly moving back for value. And that never materialized. And then the Dolphins and Chargers pretty much 
you know, stood there and got their quarterbacks, which they, I think, always wanted in the long run. I mean, to me, I think that's the takeaway I take that when you start thinking about how the value of the draft shakes out and we just didn't see that, but you're right. You know, you're getting into the, the first quarter of the draft, you start seeing the, the offensive linemen go in a certain order and then you're waiting for the receivers to go. And and then ultimately, in my opinion, the the first round didn't get turned on its head until the, the Raiders stepped up and took Henry Ruggs instead of, uh, C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. That was, to me, set everything in motion. Yeah, and I think that, you know, getting to see that from the Gruden perspective, you know, he loves rugs. Uh, there were a lot of people in the league that liked rugs, got some great feedback from uh, the Alabama coaches. Uh, so that'll be really interesting to see. A lot of receivers, you know, we look at the last, I believe, the last few years, uh, the last 48 receivers, 48 of the last 50 receivers to have a thousand yards all had a thousand yard season in uh, college rugs did not. So we'll see if he's going to be that thousand yard receiver, but you know, again, maybe he's just more of a chess piece that his true value uh, comes beyond just uh, the raw yardage total. So that'll be exciting to see in Gruden's offense. What does he have schemed up? I think he's going to make some interesting picks going forward that we're really going to get to see their offense kind of take flight. It was it was almost though as as if Al Davis was from the grave telling John, you know, you gotta go, you gotta get the guy that's gonna go deep. I mean, that's how it looked to me. It, it, to me, it was surprised me. You know, I just thought, I just thought Judy or or CD Lamb would be the pick. But yeah, and but, another thing that stood out to me uh, was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they were really selling out, trying to surround Brady. Obviously, we know that Bruce Arians isn't long for for coaching you know again came out of retirement who knows how many years he has left coaching and Tom Brady we obviously know that father time is eventually going to kick him to the curb uh you know and force him to retirement but you know with Grok bring Grok in uh with trading a fourth rounder just so that they could go up one spot to get Werfs uh to protect Tom Brady you see them really pushing all their chips into the middle and I think it's go time for the Bucks. And I think they certainly telegraphed that. And let's let's face it. To me, there's a there's a way you can play the game of the draft. You know, it's besides just building your team. How do you asset allocate your your stuff? And to me, I think the 49ers played it perfectly. I mean, they just dropped one pick mm-hmm. down below, one one pick below pick up the fourth rounder and then they use that fourth rounder to come back up into the first round if I'm not mistaken but they use that fourth rounder to uh, get the the receiver they were really looking at yeah Brennan I uh, and Shanahan you know take this with a grain and grain of salt but he says hey you know he was my favorite player uh, my favorite wide receiver anyway sorry Uh, and you know we really wanted him liked him better than CD Lamb and some of those other guys so they went up they got him and, you know, you can quibble about the value of trading all those picks just to move up into the in the later round, later part of the round. But if that's the player you want and you can and you have that conviction that he's going to be the perfect fit for your offense, you got to go do it. And they did. So that's and, always exciting to go and get your guy if you think he's that much better. And that's perfect, perfect way of manipulating the draft to be able to, to gain value for you. I mean, that's. 
that's how I look at it. I mean, I thought the, the Niners did a real nice move there. Coming you know, and, picks. and it seems like this, the wide receivers seem to be what we're looking at as far as, you know, we, we see some people saying, hey, great picks. We also have some questionable picks there. And, you know, we, we already kind of looked at the Las Vegas Raiders with whether it was smart to pick up on uh, rugs that early. One of the other moves that have come under fire, Jalen Rieger for the Philadelphia Eagles seemed to be a highly questionable pick. You know, really either love it or you hate it. Thoughts on that, Reams? Well, I mean, let's let's backtrack a little bit. I mean, you know, the big question mark when you started to see uh, C.D. Lamb start to, to drop a little bit, everybody was thinking, gee, are the Eagles going to make a move up to go get him? And, of course, it, you know, typical – the typical way that you look at the Eagles and, and their, their rival with the Cowboys, they CD lamb drops right into the Cowboys lap. Great pick, you know, not necessarily what they were looking for. They were looking at for defense, but you know, how it affects the Eagles, you know, you're sitting there at 21 and the three top receivers are gone. And I think they really kind of knew that going into the first round to me, you know, here, here's a perfect example. Do you play the game of the draft and trade down once you once you know you're kind of stuck there? Um, I I think there was probably uh, either nobody that was willing to come up to 21, but in all likelihood, to me, I never thought you know sitting there at 21 and you take uh, Jalen Rager. To me, that's the guy that they wanted because number one, he's got speed and he's an outside he's got the ability to play on the outside and everyone was saying, gee, why didn't they take at least Justin Jefferson? Well, Justin Jefferson, number one's a volume receiver. You're going to have to feed him the ball. And let's face it, the Eagles already have that problem. You know, when they, when they're trying to not have to feed Zach Ertz all the time. So for Jefferson to be, uh, in my opinion, successful, he's going to have to be in the slot and you're going to have to feed him the ball. Whereas to me, Rager, you know, he can be, he's a playmaker. He can, you know, he has the ability to, to stretch the field with, with some good speed he, and, you know, you don't have to feed him, you know, 10 balls a game for him to be successful. You, you get the ball oh. in his hand four times, he might bust it. I, I look at Rager and, and I, I want to say this, you know, is he a much better player than someone they could have traded for such as, I don't know, Marquise Goodwin, who maybe you trade a fifth, a sixth-round pick for him, and he's going to give you that same speed, but it's a fifth or sixth-round pick that you're trading, and you know then you can maybe trade back into the second round and get more of a complete receiver like a Pittman or uh, a few well, of those guys that are available. I, well, I think you have to let the, the, the draft play out a little bit if you're going to start thinking about making moves. Hey, listen. I, if there if there's a, a player out there that's already in the NFL that, that they're making a trade, I think they're going to have to have something already worked out ahead of time. Maybe it doesn't happen first night. Uh, you know, I, to me, I just think, you know, it was the guy they probably wanted. To me, I thought, do you, realistically, I thought it would come down, do you take the linebacker, Kenneth Murray there, which I had heard a lot of buzz about. You know, they, they certainly do need linebackers. And then maybe you could even uh, trade it back, take a linebacker, but and then be able to accumulate picks so that you can move up in round two to get one of those stud 
receivers. But to me, I you know, I don't mind the the Rieger the Rieger move. I, I know a lot of Philly fans are up in arms, but to me I think building your team, they needed that somebody to be able to take the top off. And I think Rieger will have that that ability. Yeah, I think he'll fit right in as somebody that's gonna learn a lot from Deshaun Jackson and take it from there. You know, that's that's my my point of view. I don't I don't mind them I don't mind the pick. But do you Jordan love it? That's the question. And you know what? There's not gonna be a whole lot of love in Green Bay with the Jordan Love pick. Aaron Rodgers, he's always going to find something to be upset about, whether that scheme, the people around him, and now especially the fact that he's going to be having to answer questions about, can you uh, mentor this player? Can you make it, help him become better? And, you know, that's not what uh, Aaron Rodgers is about. He's, he's pretty surly, so that'll be fascinating to see how he reacts, how he handles that, how LaFleur handles that. And, you know, we see things going forward. You know, we know Aaron Rodgers is in decline, and I think they're trying to shift a little bit away from being the Aaron Rodgers show and being more of a ground game. But, hey, well, you know, it's uh, exciting. It'll give us a lot of storylines going forward. Yeah, listen, that probably had to be the head-scratcher move of, of the draft. Not only did they take Jordan Love, they, they traded up, number one, to get him. And think about it. What's what's the message you're sending to your locker room? That was a team. I believe their record was thirteen and three. You know, they're they're probably a, a couple players away from you know really making that run again. And instead, you know, you're you're taking a quarterback. You've that's got not going to get on the field. You've got to build your team for the future. You've got to be able to sustain things. If you think that Jordan Love is great or going to be great. With a little bit of seasoning, you know what? You have to make that move. I mean, it's you go back to Andy Reid, you go back to Mike Holmgren, even Bill Walsh. You you started investing in the quarterback position. Now, maybe you don't necessarily trade up in the first round to get that next quarterback, to get that backup quarterback. But that's what they did. Uh, but but so hey, they, at the end of the day, it, it worked out pretty well for him when they had Brett Favre. Yes, it and did. And it's funny, it's, it's funny how it's come full circle on, on – uh, Rodgers here I think it's fascinating I just think you know and you mentioned his surly attitude you know I don't think he's going to be the type that it sits well with him and I I just think you know you could have played the draft game could they instead of trading up for him could they've traded out of the first round got an extra pick in the second round and possibly still find Jordan Love early in the second round take him there and then still be able to take with another pick, uh, you know, a, a possible receiver for, for Rodgers. To me, I, I just think, man, it's – and this is the situation that all coaches and GMs have to deal with. You know, do you, are you feeding your team or are you looking to the future? And in this case, man, to me, Aaron Rodgers, who's, what, 35, 36 years old, he's got to be saying, saying to himself, man, you're not setting me up. And he'd say that even if they were. Uh, another team that I saw that kind of had some interesting moves, you know, the Miami Dolphins, obviously they needed a quarterback. They get uh, Tua. That, that's not even something that I'm going to necessarily uh, take a look at. That's going to be something you're bombarded with, you know, today, tomorrow, until the season starts. If it, if it does, hopefully it does eventually. But, uh, you know, they took Austin Jackson again, head scratcher as far as the tackles that were available. 
Uh, you know, not really a polished product there. Hopefully they're able to develop him. And then also taking the corner uh, from Auburn. And I'm not going to, you know, struggle to pronounce, pronounce his name. But, uh, you know, he, again, after they spent a ton of money uh, re-signing or extending How- Howard and also bringing in uh, Byron Jones, now they, they're essentially spending on a third cor- or a first-round pick on a third corner. Again, I, not necessarily the move I'd make, so, but it's kind of an interesting take. I, you know, I, I don't mind the offensive linemen. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure after Jackson was taken what other uh, linemen he would have taken there. Uh, you know, it was up for grabs, I think. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in terms of other offensive tackles that were – a lot of them had already been taken off the board. You know, maybe the kid from Boise State. Um, I'm trying to think some other possible – offensive tackles that were still available. Um, I'm not so sure. Maybe Robert Hunt, Josh Jones. But to me, I think it was, you know, uh, to me, I'm a, I like Tua. I think it was a, a good pick to take. I, I like him probably more than Herbert. The, obviously, the, the big question is, can he stay uh, healthy? But uh, speaking of health, uh, w- what would be – your overall favorite offensive pick. Do you have any that pops out at you? My favorite offensive pick, uh, you know, again, there are quite a few that, you know, you can definitely take and it probably a little bit hackneyed here, but I'm going to go with my guy. One of, you know, one of my favorite players, I'm going to go with the New York jets picking Mackay Becton, the enormous athletic left tackle from Louisville. Uh, not that I think that they're going to maximize him or develop him as well as he possibly could just due to the coaching staff, but I think he's a fantastic uh, cornerstone type player for the New York Jets. I think that he gives them the best left tackle they've had since DeBriga Shaw Ferguson, so that'll be exciting for them. Hey, listen, I, I'm not going to uh, veer off very far from you there. I, I think Joe Douglas is going to do a real good job there. Good pick for him. My offensive guy, I, I'm going to say the Broncos taking Jerry Judy. In, in my in my opinion, the best receiver in this draft. That to me, he was by far um, someone who has can run every single route in the route tree. A terrific route runner. I think he's got enough speed, and I think you know you put him on the other side from uh, Cortland Sutton. I think it's going to be a, a real nice uh, addition up in the. Uh, mile high. So I think that's the guy I would take. How about your favorite defensive player first round? They're a defensive player. Um, again, quite a few defensive players went. Uh, I'm going to look at in this case, I'm going to go with Derek Brown, the huge uh, defensive tackle from Auburn going with Matt rule and the Carolina Panthers. I think you've got to be strong on the defensive line to win today's NFL, and I think that he's a fantastic start for the rebuild in Carolina. Yeah, Matt Rule, I think, is going to, you know, really look at that defense. And, and, and listen, that's a great way to start, you know, right in the middle of that defensive line. Real good pick. Uh, it would be easy for me to then piggyback off that and say Isaiah Simmons' is versatility. But uh, I'm going to look at, and, you know, I really like 
Kinlaw. Speaking of another defensive tackle, I really think the Niners, you know, put I think you put him in there. I think he's a plug and play right away, fitting in there to uh, step in for uh, they uh, traded Buckner, correct, to the Colts. Yes, I think it's uh, I think it's a good reaction to that trade. I think they really picked up a really solid high uh, high ceiling kid. I really do. So I, I like that pick. Um, let's move on to move, looking forward. Or actually, before we do that, any surprises of players that were not picked? I mean, there there are always a number of players that you think could go, you know, pretty early. Um, you know, some of the tackles, I thought there would be a run on more offensive tackles. You know, Ezra Cleveland, uh, Josh Jones. Uh, so that kind of surprised me a little bit because everybody's always looking for a decent offensive lineman. So, yeah, that's that's a surprise there. You know, a lot of the safeties, and granted, you know, in today's game, I think the safeties, uh, you know, it's one of those hit or misses. I think, you know, someone like Xavier McKinney not being picked yet, I think that's uh, somebody that's kind of surprising. There's a, there's a bunch of safeties out there to take along with plenty of receivers. I think Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, uh, Chenault's still out there. So, I mean, I think, you know, there, there, there was some of those guys that could have possibly been in the late first round. Plenty of, plenty of talent in the, in, for the second round, you know, for, for me thinking ahead. What'd you, I, can't, I can't move on without asking you this question. What would you think, you being, uh, you know, a running back in your, in your heyday, what would you think of the Chiefs? taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the last pick, considering that was the first running back off the board. Agree, or what do you think? Oh, I, I definitely agree. If you see how he's used uh, by – or was used by Joe Brady in the LSU offense, uh, great receiver out of the backfield. They had a lot of seam routes from the backfield for him. He did really well with that. He was extremely productive in that way. I think that he is going to be a fantastic – chess piece for Andy Reid. I think, you know, you can see uh, flashes of Brian Westbrook there, and I think it'll be really exciting to see him uh, complement all their track, their track team of receivers. I mean, I think he, he's a guy that runs hard. I believe he's, in my, my view, he's like a one-cut one guy. I think he's, he's smart. He picks up the, the blitz well. I mean, he's fantastic at that. And obviously, if to play for Andy besides pass protection, I think you got to be able to catch the ball the way he loves to throw the ball. And that's something Edwards Hilaire can certainly do. Um, you know, I think looking ahead, there's another uh, position that's got plenty of talent still left to be picked. So interesting to say what, uh, any ideas for day two coming up, anything you can, any predictions or anything that you, have an idea of any big any players that you're looking forward to seeing where they actually go? I'm a big uh, Pitt, Michael Pittman Jr. fan from USC. I can't wait to see where he ends up. I think there's going to be a run on those receivers. I think a lot of people were waiting to get those receivers in the second, third, fourth round since there was such a deep uh, pool of talent. And I think, you know, always that day too is a fascinating day to see what's going to happen in the NFL draft. Lots of – I mean – one of the things that I found interesting, and here we are, you know, once again, playing the game of the draft, Bill Belichick trades out, you know, a lot, one of the guys they, 
they mentioned that was possible first rounder for him was AJ Epinesa from Iowa. Somebody like him, where he where's he going to go? It, granted, this draft doesn't have a lot of depth when it comes to the edge. You know him and uh, the kid from Penn State, uh, Gross Matter. I think where they where those two guys are going to end up, I think that'll be something to look forward to also in day two. But uh, moving forward here, I guess uh, we're going to look forward to obviously the rest of the draft and then possibly doing a wrap-up episode. Um, I look forward to that with you. Oh, it should be a great time. Can't wait to uh, rehash the NFL draft. Until then, all the best, buddy. All right. Stay six feet away. I hear you.